Well, this morning we're going to go into um, 2 Timothy, actually the end of the book, but before we even go that far, I just, um, I entitled this Keeping It Simple, because you know what, so many times we complicate everything. You know, we're coming to the Christmas season here, and everything seems to get complicated. Who to buy for, what to buy, the running around, the preparations, and all these things, and you know what? Sometimes we even do that with the gospel message. We overcomplicate things, things that are so straightforward. We can go ahead and make it so complicated that sometimes we even get confused. So that's what I'm going to look at this morning. We're going to look at Timothy, and while you're getting there, we're going to be in Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4. And while we're going there, I just want to give you a little background on Timothy and who he was, and the struggles that he faced as well. So we know that he was a young man, and because he was young, he was timid, all right? And he felt as though he had nothing to offer or that he wouldn't be taken seriously because of his age. Now, sometimes we do that as well. You know, we think, oh, you know what? Well, nobody's going to listen to me because who am I? Who am I? What do I have to offer? So why bother? So we look at this here, and we also know that he was raised by his mother and his grandmother, and um, the one thing we have to know about our age, it doesn't matter where we're at. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter if we went to seminary for two, four, six, eight, ten years, or whatever it is. That's not what God's concerned about. God isn't concerned with our age. He's not concerned with our abilities or our education. The only thing he's concerned about is our willingness and our faithfulness. If we're obedient... If we just listen for his voice and he knows that our heart's open, guess what? He'll use us. And he knows the time. Sometimes we don't even know that he's using us in certain situations, but he's always there. So he supplies the need and he gives whatever it is we need. All we have to do is just do. Just be who we are and do whatever he just brings to our mind and our hearts. But unfortunately, society today can intimidate us and it causes us to be ineffective. And um, we need that shot of encouragement. Just like Paul, when he went to Timothy and wrote these letters, he was encouraging him, don't be afraid. And this is this time of year, especially when you're going to hear a lot of people say, happy holidays. You know, and um, all these fun things that take away from our simple message. Our simple message is Merry Christmas. Our simple message is that God sent his son for salvation for each and, every one of, each and every one of us, that he loved us so much that he sent his son for us, to die for us. So as we go into Timothy, we're going to look at these things this morning. Uh, chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4. I'm going to be reading from the message here. He goes, I can't impress this on you too strongly. God is looking over your shoulder Christ himself is the judge, with the final say on everyone, living and dead. He is about to break into the open with his rule, so proclaim the message with intensity. Keep on your watch, challenge, warn, and urge your people. Don't ever quit. Just keep it simple. You're going to find that there will be times when people will have no stomach for a solid teaching, but will fill up on spiritual junk food, catchy opinions that tickle their fancy. 
They'll turn their backs on truth and chase mirages. But you, keep your eye on what you're doing. Accept the hard times along with the good. Keep the message alive. Do a thorough job as God's servant. You take over. I'm about to die, my life an offering on God's altar. This is the only race worth running. I've run hard right to the finish, believed all the way. All that's left now is the shouting. God applause. Depend on it. He's an honest judge. He'll do right, not only by me, but by everyone eager for his coming. And he goes on, he says, get here as fast as you can. Demas is chasing fads, went off to Thessalonica and left me here. Crescens is in Galatia province. Titus in Dalmatia. Luke is the only one here with me. Bring Mark with you. He'll be my right-hand man since I'm sending Tychius to Ephesus. Ephesus. Bring the winter coat that I left in Troas with Carpus and also the books and the parchment notebooks. And he gives his warning here. He says, watch out for Alexander the coppersmith. Fiercely opposed to our message, he caused no end of trouble. God will give him what he's going, what he's got coming. And he goes on, as my, at my preliminary hearing, no one stood by me. They all ran like scared rabbits. But it doesn't matter. The master stood by me, and he helped me spread the message loud and clear to those who had never heard it. I was snatched from the jaws of the lion. God's looking after me, keeping me safe in the kingdom of heaven. All praise to him. Praise forever. Oh, yes. Say hello to Priscilla and Aquila, also to the family of Onesiphorus. Erastus stayed behind in Corinth, and I had to leave Trophimus sick in Miletus. Try hard to get here before winter. Eubulus, Pudence, Linus, Claudia, and all your friends are here to send greetings. God be with you, and grace be with you. So the first thing I want to look at, the first thing he says, because I can't press this on you too strongly, God is looking over your shoulder, okay? Now, sometimes we forget that. Not that he's waiting for us to do something wrong and uh, uh, chastise us, but what he's saying here is that sometimes we have to be reminded that we do have a mission, okay? We do have a purpose. Our purpose isn't just to accept Christ and come here. Our purpose is to carry that message on from the four walls, okay? And Timothy, at times, he had to be reminded that he had a mission, and he couldn't stop, and he couldn't give up. And we, too, we cannot give up. We face a lot of opposition out there, especially whenever we can't bring Christ into schools anymore. And whenever it's the holiday season, it's not Christmas. It's, you know, all these different things change, but we can't forget who we are. We can't get lost in what the rest of the world thinks. You know, we are who we are. We're Christians. Let's say Merry Christmas. You know, it's Christ. It is about Christ. And I'm going I'm to share something at the end here, too. And verse 2, he tells them as well. He, um, he says to proclaim the message with intensity and keep on your watch. So he's just telling them, proclaim it with intensity. And sometimes we need to get rekindled. Sometimes we need to feel that fresh fire, you know. And it's, that's why it's important to go to the Word. That's why it's important to pray every day so that we get that renewing. That's why it's important for us to come together and worship together so we get that renewing as well. So as we read the Word and worship and pray, that's where we gain our strength. This is where we 
gain the strength so that we can go out and proclaim that message. So I believe God himself is meeting with us to encourage us to rekindle that fire within so we can go forward with a boldness and with a passion. But the next one is what I liked, how we said it in here. You're going to find that there will be times when people will have no stomach for solid teaching. And we're seeing that. You know, people don't want to hear God's word anymore. They would rather fill up on other forms and incorporate it. It says, but you will, but will fill up on spiritual junk food, catchy opinions that tickle their fancy, and they'll turn their backs on truth and chase mirages. But you... Keep your eye on what you're doing. Accept hard times along with the good. Keep the message alive and do a thorough job as God's servant. He's telling us, keep it simple. And that's what I found here, you know, just keep it simple. The gospel is a simple message. There are so many times when we take it and we overthink it. We overanalyze analyze things and we were sitting here in um, Sunday school this morning that's what we say you know Glenda's reading from their her commentaries and it's like you know just sometimes it's better just to take bits and pieces we're not all seminary students we don't just all sit here and it's like what are you trying to say you know, <laughs> you know it's keep it simple for God so loved the world he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So those are the, keep it simple. You know, these things, what Jesus has done for us, with our own testimony, what he's done in our lives, the things that he's shown us, and the things that he brought us through, those are the things that people need. People don't need the catchy phrases, catchy opinions, and all these other things. People need Christ, and we are that example, okay? And I think that people get more out of our experience than they do out of us trying to be fancy and show off everything we know, you know, <laughs> all these things that it goes over their head anyway. So we need to keep things simple. Many want deep teachings or preaching instead of solid, simple truth. And that's all we really need. God's message is simple. You think about it. We're simple people. Throughout all the ages, throughout all time, he met with us one-on-one, -on -one because he knew how to react, how to interact with us. You know, it didn't, he didn't say, well, just go and say all of these fancy words and these deep thoughts and everything, and that would leave all of us scratching our head, and then we'd all be confused anyway and still go about our own way. So that's just something, too. Whenever we do take this message out with our intensity, we have to be careful not to um, go so deep. We've talked about other people that come knocking at your door sometimes, and they have a message, and it sounds really good, but it could be just a misplacement of a word or a comma that makes the whole difference on the meaning of what they're trying to give you. All right? So we do need to know our Bible. We do need to ask the Holy Spirit for guidance, but we just need to present truth. That's all that... We need to do. So our, our message is simple and, it real, and it's real and it comes from the heart. And it's with passion. The things that we do share with our friends and people at work and 
these things come from our heart because we've experienced God in so many different ways. God's touched us, not only with his gift of salvation, but he may have brought someone through a time in your life where you know it was nothing but the grace of God. You know it was nothing but the touch of the Holy Spirit. There are just things that happen in your life that you can't explain, and you know that it was God. So that's what we give to people. I know this because I've experienced it. This is what I know. And that's what Paul would tell people. This is what I know. You know, that's what the disciples would say. This is what I know. I know Jesus. This is what I know. He came. He walked among us. He died and he rose from the dead. This is what I know. And I proclaim Christ. It's a very simple. The truth is, if you experience God and live for him and walk with him by his spirit, he's going to reveal any deep thing that you need to know. It doesn't mean that we just need um, things like that. So, and he also says to be careful not to fill up on spiritual junk food. Now, these are those catchy opinions or, you know, the newest thing out there. Who's preaching what on TV this week, you know, or what's the newest fad, what's going through? And I am not saying that revivals do not happen because they do. I truly believe that the Brownsville revival was very pure and genuine, but then there were the counterfeits where people were barking like dogs. Now, why would God make me bark like a dog? He knows, you know, but there's just certain things that just don't add up. So we know that these things are true, but we got people that are chasers of these things because they just want to feel a certain way. It's not always about the feeling. It's just about the living day to day with that peace and with that hope in your heart. It's not about running off to see the newest fad or to chase these things. It's about who lives with inside, who lives within us. And then verse four, he was saying about they turn their backs on truth and chase mirages. So we have to be careful not to incorporate ourselves or the world or other religious practices with God's word because when we start to do that, we get a watered down gospel. We start thinking the rest, the way the rest of the world does think, you know. We start accepting things that we know are contrary to God's word. We know that it's not true. And he says to him, this is what I like too, and this is something for all of us. He says, keep your eye on what you're doing, okay? Don't go around picking the specks out of other people's eyes all the time, okay? We got to watch ourselves. We need to be concerned about who am I before Christ? What am I doing? Not, wait a minute, someone said, well, I they did this or that, or I saw them here or there. You may not know the whole story. So we need, he says, keep an eye on what you're doing. Now, as long as we stand before God, he sees our heart. He knows everybody else's business. We don't need to, okay? We have to be concerned about what we're doing. So he says, you take over now. Now, he's telling Paul, or Timothy this because Paul is feeling that he's near the end of his ministry. This is probably the... I don't know how many times that he's been imprisoned, and he tells him, he says, you take over. And whenever he says that, I think that he's telling even us today, we need to train up our children to carry on a legacy. You know, these are things that um, it's hard for kids today because we're, they're bombarded by so many things, and 
in school and so many different opinions and so many different lifestyles today that it's very hard to stay true to what you believe, you know. It's very difficult. And he also calls it the only race worth running. He says, all that's left is a shouting to God applause. The crown of righteousness is what he's waiting for. And he talks about his friend Demas here. He said he started to chase fads and... We like it or not, sometimes someone will abandon or walk away from God for something new. It happens, you know. Salvation can't be taken from us, but we can forfeit it. That's one thing that's it's a difference. You know, we can forfeit. If we, if we choose to walk away from God and what we know is true, we forfeit that. So it, we, he doesn't take it back, but we can leave it. So we have to watch ourselves and what we're doing. And um, that's what he says about Demas. He was chasing fads, and he went his own way. He left the gospel. And he says about Alexander the coppersmith. Now, like Alexander, there are those out there ready to do us harm. How? They may try to ruin our witness. They may attack our faith, our thinking, what we believe, our belief system. And then when that happens, we begin to be timid. You back off because you don't want to push it. So many times that's what happens, you know, and uh, it's, it's, um, it's very difficult. It is very difficult. And uh, when he starts back out here, he says, uh, all ran like scared rabbits. Now, when it comes down to it, our walk is between ourselves and God. Nothing or nobody else matters, and it's him alone who will sustain us and keep us going. Nobody else matters. And there are times, yeah, you might be with somebody, but you do get afraid, and you don't speak up when you know you should. Or there could be, it's just things happen in life, but that doesn't mean you're bad or you're going to hell. It just means that maybe you just failed that little test right there, and be sure it'll come around again. You'll get another opportunity. (laughs) So we look at these things, and that was the biggest thing is about just keeping it simple. This holiday season, see, right there, this holiday season, no, this Christmas time, this Thanksgiving, tell God what we're thankful for. Be thankful for everything that he's given us, not only that one day of the year, but every day. And Christmas, I encourage you to say Merry Christmas, to let others know how you feel. And I wanted to share this with you. One of my friends posted this on Facebook the other day, and it was, I really enjoyed it. Now, this is from 2011, and um, Ben Stein wrote this. He's an actor, a commentator. I'm sure if you know him, the Dry Eyes commercial, the voice behind the Dry Eyes, then you know who he is. And um, this is, the following was written by Ben Stein and recited by him on CBS Sunday Morning Commentary. And he calls it my confession. He says, I am a Jew, and every single one of my ancestors was Jewish. And it does not bother me even a little bit when people call those beautiful, lit-up, bejeweled trees Christmas trees. I don't feel threatened. I don't feel discriminated against. That's what they are, Christmas trees. It doesn't bother me a bit when people say Merry Christmas to me. 
I don't think they are slighting me or getting ready to put me in a ghetto. In fact, I kind of like it. It shows that we are all brothers and sisters celebrating this happy time of year. It doesn't bother me at all that there are manger scenes on display at a key intersection near my beach, home, my beach house in Malibu. If people want a, if people want a crutch, it's just as fine with me as if as is the menorah a few hundred yards away. I don't like getting pushed around for being a Jew, and I don't think Christians like getting pushed around for being Christians. I think people who believe in God are sick and tired of getting pushed around, period. I have no idea where the concept came from that America is an explicitly atheist country. I can't find it in the Constitution, and I don't like it being shoved down my throat. Or maybe I can put it another way. Where did the idea come from that we should worship celebrities and we aren't allowed to worship God? I guess that's a sign that I'm getting old too. But there's a lot of us who are wondering where these celebrities came from and where the America we knew went to. In the light of many jokes we send to one another for a laugh, this is a little different. This is not intended to be a joke, it's not funny, it's intended to get you thinking. Billy Graham's daughter was interviewed on the early show, and Jane Clayson asked her, how could God let something like this happen regarding to Hurricane Katrina? Anne Graham gave an extremely profound and insightful response. She said, I believe God is deeply saddened by this, just as we are, but for years we've been telling God to get out of our schools, get out of our government, and to get out of our lives. And being the gentleman he is, I believe he has calmly backed out. How can we expect God to give us his blessing and his protection if we demand that he leave us alone? In light of recent events, terrorist attacks, school shootings, etc., I think it started when Madeline Murray O'Hare, she was murdered, her body found a few years ago, complained that she didn't want prayer in our schools, and we said okay. And someone said, you better not read the Bible in school. The Bible says, thou shalt not kill, and thou shalt not steal, and love your neighbor as yourself. And we said, okay. Then Dr. Benjamin Spock said, we shouldn't spank our children when they misbehave, because their little personalities would be warped, and we might damage their self-esteem. Dr. Spock's son committed suicide. We said an expert should know what he's talking about, and we said, okay. How we're asking ourselves, or now we're asking ourselves, why our children have no conscience, why they don't know right from wrong, and why it doesn't bother them to kill strangers, their classmates, and themselves. Probably if we think about it long and hard enough, we can figure it out. I think it has a great deal to do with we reap what we sow. Funny how simple it is for people to trash God and then wonder why the world's going to hell. Funny how we believe that the what the newspapers say, but question what the Bible says. Funny how you can send jokes through emails and they spread like wildfire, but when you start sending messages regarding the Lord, people, twice, people think twice about sharing. Funny how lewd, crude, vulgar, obscene articles pass freely through cyberspace, but public discussion of God is suppressed in the school and the workplace. Are you laughing yet? 
Funny how we can be more worried about what other people think of us than what God thinks of us. Pass it on if you think it has merit. If not, then discard it. No one will know you did, but if you discard this thought process, don't sit back and complain about what bad shape the world is in. My best regards, honestly and respectfully, Ben Stein. That kind of sums up where the world is today, doesn't it? All these things because we don't want to offend other people, and yet we're letting them crush us. We can't have crushed spirits. We have to just go forth, keep the message simple, and keep the message alive that Christ came for us, that this time of year is about him. It's Christmas time. There are Christmas trees, Christmas lights, Christmas decorations, Christmas presents. These are the things. We keep Christ in our Christmas, and we need to incorporate him back into our country again. Amen? Father, we just thank you and praise you for this time that we have together. We thank you for the word that you give. And God, I just pray that you would help each and every one of us to keep your message alive and keep it simple. Keep it real and keep it honest. I pray that you have a blessing upon each and every one here this morning, that you would just touch their lives, Lord, and bless them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you.